How many cups of coffee have you had today? A lot. Can you give me that in numbers? A lot, teen. A lotty. 30 a lot. I'm sure you pee brown at this point. I'm getting a little concerned. It's it's more of a like a beige-ish, like taupe yellow. It's the clarity. It's have uh you, Have you heard of vile beans? Oh my god, yes, and I hound dog them like nobody's business. You would so love their coffee. They have brand names after fictional characters like Jason Voorhees and also animated villains and serial killers. You mean to tell me that we roast serial killers and technically so do they? Like do they roast their own serial killers? I mean I mean beans? Do they roast their own beans? <laughs> Yes, it's like a match made in hell for true crime community. I'm eyeing the monster coffee. That one's an original roast and that one's like right up my alley, you know, with the half and half, all that. I'm looking at the Cinnabundi. <laughs> Cinnabundi. That one seems to be a nice Cinnabon flavor without the sugar. I wonder if Ted Bundy smelled like that when they executed him by electrocution. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that dude smelled pretty bad when he died. Eh, enough about that. We have a promo code. If our listeners go to vilebeans.com and use the promo code nefarious15, they get 15% off every purchase. Dude, that's dope. Gonna go run, not walk, and, and order some of that coffee. But I'm also gonna give my cheesy sign off now for this ad. Go for it. <clears throat> By all means, vile beans. Hi, this is Louise with True Crime with Thelma and Louise. Thelma and I got together a few months ago and we created an organization and a YouTube channel to bring awareness and education to human trafficking and missing people. We just happen to love true crime as well. We have three Facebook groups, Hunter's Angel Network, True Crime and Psychology with Thelma and Louise, and Michigan Coalition for Human Trafficking Awareness, where we also offer resources for victims, and we have an email address in case someone needs immediate attention or help. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and we have a website where you'll find our blog and all of our merchandise that we design and create ourselves. Our passion is missing people, human trafficking awareness. We also happen to love true crime. So we hope you'll join us soon on YouTube at True Crime with Thelma and Louise. And I hope you don't mind if we throw in a little morbid humor because we have to lighten the mood just a little bit. Hey, Courtney. What's up? You tend to deal with more of the production side of this podcast. Uh-huh. What kind of tools do you use? Well, I actually use a few things, but my favorite one I use is a really cool program called Anchor. Really? Yeah, it's by far the easiest way to create a podcast. They provide creation tools that allow you to record. You can also edit your podcast right from your computer or cell phone. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how do you push your podcast to different platforms? Dude, Anchor does it all for you. They distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. That's cool. Yeah. On top of us wrangling our kids, working full time, doing research, that does seem to cut down a lot of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. How come we didn't know about this sooner? Honestly, I really don't know. But one of the best parts about this is you don't have to have a minimum number of listeners or plays to monetize off your podcast. That's awesome. That helps us become one step closer to helping donate back to the victims and their families. Yeah, that's important. But how much does it cost to use Anchor? Well, are you ready for this? Yeah, bring it on. It's free dude dude that's awesome go download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started content warning this episode includes foul language and discussion of violence trigger warning this episode discusses racism as well as the murder of children listener discretion is advised girl you know i work at a place that deals in product of all kinds right like toothbrushes razors hair dye clothes all kinds of shit oh yeah i'm a frequent customer okay well you know how you smell something and it just kind of never 
quite really leaves your nose. Like it just stays in your olfactory memory forever. Ooh, like the scent of vanilla. Yeah, but um, also the really bad ones. And uh, you know, you know how my job will pretty much they'll hire they'll hire fucking anybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was around the time that we did the episode about Shelly Notech, and I was working at a position. You know, I work a few different positions at this at this job, and I came across this like this this awful smell. It smelled really bad. It smelled like old, rotting, roasted fish and ass. Yeah. It was gross. Was it like a... Was it Shelly Notech? Did your job hire Shelly Notech? And did Shelly Notech walk by you and you smelled her like her bat wings? (laughs) Did she get out of prison, move to Texas, got hired on the spot where you are? Did she pull up a Zuzu and not even shower for over a year? Did you smell Shelly? You would think. (laughs) But no, it was an open can of expired cat food and there were like flies and shit around it. Ew. Yeah, it was gross. So uh, it wasn't Smelly Shelly? Nope. Then why would you mention your job hiring just anyone? Because who opens a can of expired old cat food and just leaves it? That shit traumatized me. That should be illegal and that person should be fucking fired. (laughs) Like they should have... They shouldn't have hired gross. Yeah, it's gross. It's nasty. It's gross. Yeah. But speaking of gross, can we cover Craig Price now? Yes. Let's 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 quit roasting Smelly Shelly and cover Craig Price. Alright. Well, welcome to a liar's lament. 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 Guys, it's gonna be a long night. No, it's gonna be a fun night. Welcome to a liar's lament. I do. I loved your singing too, by the way. Thank you. I was singing. Um, I was singing the intro music to that show, Step by Step. Do you remember that show? Or were you yes, around? I do. That? You do? Yeah. It came on. What was it? After Family Matters. I'm not that old, but. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah. It was. <laughs> this is exactly how the lyrics went. It was step by step. Day by day, fresh goes better with fresh mentos full of life. Mentos, the fresh maker. That's not right. That's got to be right. That's not right. Hang on, I'm I'm gonna prove you wrong right now. <laughs> this is my jam. This is my jam. Hold on, what the hell? Why? There's so many like breaks in this. Step day by day, mental. <laughs> oh, you know. Uh huh. It's close enough. Oh, okay. Anyway, I liked your mix though. Thank you. It was the it was the freshness remix. The step yeah, it was the it was the Mentos. Yeah, which it we was, are not sponsored by. No, we're not. But like, that you was like us. yeah, Mentos. Come on, we would get you a lot of customers. You know, I know it's been a while, but 
Come on now, fresh goes better with Mentos fresh and full of life. You know? So, speaking of fresh. Ooh, what? What's up with uh, Craigery Price? Craigery. I like it. <laughs> well, no, I have a friend named Craig. Hi, Craig Sullivan. You don't listen to my <laughs> podcast. I'm still mad at you about that, but I still love you. I still love you, Craigery. Obviously, he won't hear us if he's not going to listen. You dick! Okay. I've been telling you for ages not to be a dick and to wear deodorant. And, I mean, you got the deodorant part down, but... Craigery, come on. But this isn't about Craigery Sullivan. This is about Craigery, the price right. is wrong price. So Yes. Craig Price. He is one of the youngest serial killers. In how, old was, how old was this man? He was ma'am. <laughs> this man child. This man child. How 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 old was this monster? He was thirteen, his first murder. Oh shit. Damn. Yeah. That's Could crazy. You imagine? I would probably, I, you know, I don't know what I would do. I, would, I don't know what I would do. I'm conflicted. Like, if Anna was like, I don't know, if I, if she was 13 and she was running around with Bunny, you know, <laughs> and comes up and she's like, I just murdered somebody. I'd be like, girl. We're going to have to have a serious talk, and then we're going to be moving to Mexico. So, no, I really don't, I don't know what I would do in that situation, and I'm, I'm really glad that I will never be in that situation. Anna, if you hear this, and... We will never be in that situation. Yeah, Anna, in nine years, when you hear this, nope, not happening. You're grounded. You are pre-grounded. Man, so... <laughs> I don't really like to dig too much into serial killers' backgrounds because I feel like we should cover the victims more. But Craig's background, I feel like, is worth mentioning. Okay. And hopefully, I mean, it's going to build the picture Okay. of this. I don't want to say you'll understand more because nothing he did was right at all right um but i feel like it's important to know so craig price was born on october 11th 1973 in warwick rhode island well i thought for whatever reason that and i'm not trying to interrupt you i apologize but when i was when i heard about him being so young I, maybe I mixed him up with another serial killer that was back in, like, the early 20s. Yeah, that's not this one. This one's in the 80s. That's crazy. Wow. So, so recent. Yeah. It really was. <sighs> so, All right. Yeah. He is the third child of John and Shirley Price. Okay. His brothers are John Jr. and... His sister is Kimberly. Okay. His parents met in church and were faithful Baptists. Very, very, very religious family. Shirley's sister, grandfather were both ministers. Um, everybody in the neighborhood said they seemed like a very normal, nice family. Uh, many people have said. Shirley said that Craig had a gift for cracking her up and her husband saying that he was always just the little jokester. 
Um, she also said that Craig was very accident prone. One time he even slipped out of his house at age three, got hit by a car, Whoa. hurting his leg. At age seven, he had to get stitches from being hit on the head with a rock. Jeez. A couple years later, he fell out of a chair and broke his collarbone. Jeez. Craig loved football. Okay. His electric guitar. He loved hard rock, rap music. So pretty much what they're painting here is that he seemed pretty... I don't like to use the word normal. Like a rambunctious seemed, little boy. He seemed like a normal child. Right. He had, he had a very normal childhood is what I'm trying to get to. Right. So, but he did have his problems. Okay. Um, he discovered cigarettes first. Then harder drugs followed. Parties, petty theft, car break-ins, stalking, all around 11 and 12 years old. Whoa. We totally jumped, right? Yeah. So, his teacher said that he was very bright. Um, very smart. But he ended up having to repeat the 7th grade just because he was... He just wouldn't go to school. Okay. So... That always, I mean, that just gets me. I'm like, okay, if he had such a normal, nice, happy, go-lucky family, mm -hmm. how does your child get on this path? Well, I am not a psychologist, but I can actually pretty seriously answer that. So, I, I actually was having a conversation with a coworker the other day, and he was talking about how when he was in his teens, he had been getting into a lot of trouble. Like, he'd been to prison already. and Well, not prison, but, you know, he got into prison at a pretty early age, but not... Though This was after his, like, 18th birthday. But he had been in and out of juvie and things like that. And it, it caused me to remember something, and I... This isn't verbatim, and I am, like I said, and I will continue to say I'm no doctor or psychotherapist or anything like that, right? Yeah. But... There's something to be said of the, I believe it's the cerebral cortex or maybe the frontal lobe that is still underdeveloped until you are, until you are in your twenties, which explains yeah, the, I've heard yeah, that yeah. So explains a lot of the behavioral issues that occur in the teenage years and all the, what they call the teen angst and the stronger bits of depression and suicide rates and things like that is because we as adults and even younger children can't fully grasp legitimately what a, a teen is going through. So with that being said, uh, I, I purposely did not research this case at all. I'm kind of coming through this with fresh eyes. Um, but I will say that while it is kind of shocking to know that this is the youngest serial killer that we know of. It's in not, the U.S. In the U.S. anyway. Yeah. It's not entirely a shock if you realize that, you know, the the young brain is still developing. Like, it's quite literally developing. And that's why as parents, we it's really important that we nurture that development rather than, you know, encourage things like violence and things like that. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, there is something to be said about that. And I just wanted yeah. to put that out there. So, I like it. Thank you. I'm smart. Oh, you're so smart. I'm so smart. <laughs> so, uh, 
<clears throat> I saw several stories. I'm not going to get into all these stories about them because right. we don't need to hear it. Okay. But I figured I would do one story that he's, because he's done interviews in jail and everything. So this is one of his stories that he told. So he said he was about nine or ten when he very first thought of taking somebody's life. Wow. Yeah. So he said uh, he was about to race his brand new Roadrunner bicycle against a neighborhood kid who had just gotten a new Huffy bike. Okay. It was ageism, didn't it? <laughs> wow. So his dad also worked for PepsiCo. Right. So he put PepsiCo stickers all over his new bike. Mm-hmm. And as the race was about to start, Craig heard someone yell a racial slur. Then a golf ball was thrown at him, bouncing off his leg. I do want to mention Craig Price is African-American. Okay, so he's a person of color. He is a person of color. Also, where, could you remind me, I don't know if you said anything or not, but where is this located? Rhode Island. Okay, okay. In the 80s. All right. So, this part upsets me. I don't like racial slurs. I've had to... I had to edit a lot of words out of here that I refused to say. So, then a gum, after the racial slur was yelled towards him, then a golf ball was thrown at him, bouncing off his leg. When Craig turned around, he saw that it was an older kid who looked to be around 19, staring at Craig and yelled more racial slurs towards him and then threw another golf ball at him. And then he headed to his beat-up Mustang. Okay. This this story will kind of come back around. Okay. That's why there's the only reason I'm doing this story. During the race, the Mustang started following the boys, and they were calling Craig again more racial slurs. They eventually ran Craig into a curb, which totaled his new bike. He got punished by his dad by spanking him over the total bike. Wow. Yeah, that part's fucked up. Really? So, that, just kind of remember that. That's going to kind of come back. Okay. So, let's get into these crimes that he committed. Okay. We're going to also kind of talk about the victims as we go through this. Okay. So, first we're going to talk about Rebecca or Becky Spencer. This was Craig Price's first victim. So, Becky was 27 years old. She had four brothers, three sisters, an ex-husband, a son, and a daughter. Was she the oldest? Of what? Uh, You said four brothers, three sisters? No, I think she's right kind of in the middle. Okay. Yeah, because I know she had uh, older siblings as well as younger. Okay. So, after her divorce, her and her husband, um, they kind of split ways, but apparently they were still pretty cordial. Yeah. Um, they were raising the kids together just separately. She uh, she earned her GED. She told her ex-husband she planned on going to start college classes at night. So, a couple days only later from that, on July 27th of 1987... She spent the day running errands. Her kids were at their dad's house that day. 
thankfully. Yeah. A friend of Becky's came over to help her pack for their upcoming move. Her lease was up in four days. Okay. Which is another just very tragic way of thinking about this. Yeah. That she was only going to be in this house for another four days. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so at about 9 p.m., Becky had another friend come over, a friend's boyfriend, who uh, told the police that a bunch of kids were playing in front of her house that evening. This friend uh, drove a beat-up Mustang. Mm. Young kid. Mm. So Craig was one of those kids outside playing. Wow. He sees this Mustang. He remembers it. He knows exactly who it is. Oh, no. So he snapped. So, he, uh... But apparently around 9.30, Becky and her friends went out for a couple hours. So, Becky, her friend that came over to help pack, and this guy friend, which was apparently one of her friend's boyfriends. Yeah. So they went out for cigarettes, ice cream, dinner, and they went over to a friend's house to see the, her new dog. They left the friend's house around midnight. They dropped uh, Becky off, and then the other two left. So, sometime after that, Craig was smoking weed in his room. And also, his story gets mixed up here. He goes between weed and LSD. Right. I've seen both, so I don't know what exactly he was on during this exact time. It was one of those. Right. Um, I've seen weed a lot more than LSD, but anyways, he was on something. And he was thinking about that Mustang that he saw pull up to Becky's earlier that evening. And while they were playing outside, the same Mustang that made him total his bike. Getting more and more angry, he grabbed his bat and headed over to his neighbor Becky's house. After getting there, he saw that the Mustang was gone. He said that he was heading over there. He was going to damage the car. Mm-hmm. That was what he said his purpose was of going over there was he was going to take the bat to the car. Yeah. So he apparently got mad that the Mustang was gone and he couldn't take revenge out like he wanted to. So, he went back home, he smoked some more, and then he headed back over to Becky's house, minus the bat this time. Mm-hmm. He jumped the fence into her yard and looked into the bedroom window and saw a bunch of moving boxes and clutter, but no one there. So, he looked in a couple of other windows along the house until he got to the dining room. While looking into the window, a cat rubbed up against his leg. And then he noticed the cat slip into the sliding door into Becky's house. So that's how he noticed that the door was open. So he went in the house following the cat and he said he stared at her sleeping for a while before walking to the kitchen and grabbing a frying pan. After giving it a few practice swings, this is all his wording, by the way. Right, right. Um, he decided that that would be too hard to handle. So he put that down. He grabbed a 10-inch chef's knife. He went back into the living room where Becky was asleep on the floor. Since he, since her house was all packed up, she was just sleeping 
like out on the living room floor. Right. You know, when you're moving, your house is a wreck. Yeah. So he stabbed her in the head and the chest a total of 58 times. Oh, man. Yeah. After he committed this crime, he left her house the same way he went in. When he was about halfway home, he remembered that he had touched the frying pan. Oh, no. So he turned around, went back into her house, took the frying pan. This just tells you how conscious he was of his... Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. It wasn't a spur-of-the-moment thing. It wasn't a... Like a fog. I mean... You thought, oh, my fingerprints are on that frying pan I picked up. If you can think that clearly... Yeah, you know what the fuck you're doing. I hear excuses. There's no excuse. And this is kind of already a sad situation all around because he's already dealt with, you know, racial slurs and possibly being bullied for the color of his skin. Yeah. You know, that makes this a tough situation. You know, at the same time, though, there's really just no excuse for doing that to another person. There's really not. You know, we, we try to make excuses for him, but I feel like once I start telling you a little bit more, yeah, it's harder and harder to, to feel, feel bad, bad for him. Well, basically, the whole basic thing is don't be an asshat. Don't don't be racist. There's no reason to, you know, be like that. No. From what Absolutely and that's not. that's one side. And on the other side, it's like, and you don't fucking kill people for, you know, don't kill people. I was listening to another podcast. Um, I'll have to look it up and send it to you so we can mention them in the notes. Mm -hmm. But they were talking about the psychology behind um, the racial slurs. Mm -hmm. And they pretty, they can't prove it. Yeah. None of this is proven. But they said there's a good chance that, you know, he could, the racial slurs and the bullying. Mm Mm-hmm that's the reason he did his crimes right is i mean he's young this when he was doing this he was 13 years old his first murder yeah 13 kids can be fucking shitbags oh 13 i just like oh my gosh it's insane to me i hate i hate to feel like i am lecturing other parents out there but if there are other parents listening to this podcast i implore you to to, to not raise your kids to be shitbags. Seriously. <laughs> please just teach them basic human decency. That's all that we gotta do is, you know, if, if they feel like the need to bully anybody or use racism or racial slurs or anything like that, then, then you be the nail in that coffin. You know? Fix your, fix your kid. Fix, make sure your kids aren't doing what they're not supposed to. Get them to. therapy. Yeah, do something. <laughs> absolutely. Try not to raise them around the N-word and Mm-mm. bullying and things like that. Don't don't glorify that kind of stuff. It's not right. It hurts my heart. It does. So, anyways, get back to it. He, uh, he went back to the frying pan. Mm-hmm. He uh, walked about halfway home, mm-hmm. threw it in some bushes nearby. Went back inside, changed his clothes, washed up, and then he put his bloody clothes in a duffel bag and threw them up in the attic. Mm -hmm. This case um, sadly went cold 
after a while. Wow. And, uh, but it was really never forgotten. They really kept working on it. It kept being switched from desk to desk, and it wasn't forgotten, thankfully. Yeah. And on September 4th of 1989, which is about two years after... 15 at this point. Yes, he is 15 at this point. Okay. So, after, yeah, after two years murdering Rebecca Spencer, why high on LSD this time? Mm -hmm. This time, it was for fact LSD. Craig broke into another house in the neighborhood belonging to the Heaton family to rob it. Right. The Heaton family. Now, I can't really find much information on them, except that I know uh, Joan's husband, mm-hmm. John Heaton, passed away about five years before her. Oh. It seems like he was in the military. Yeah. I don't, I can't figure out how he died. So I don't, there's really not much I can say about him. Right. Um, I know that Joan's mother and sister have become heavily involved in the Rhode Island Victims Advocacy and Support Center, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit agency that provides services to families affected by homicide and violent crimes. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to go in the show notes. Yes, please. Um, other than that. I can't really find too much about them. And that's fine. That means they want to stay personal. Right. They want to stay quiet. We do. And I, I totally respect them. Right. So that's all I'm going to really say about them. So, but I am going to talk about the crime. Okay. So getting back to that dreadful day. While getting inside, he was confronted by Joan. Which shocked him. And in a fit of panic, that's a quote. He beat and strangled Joan. Her screams woke up her two daughters, Jennifer and Melissa. Y'all might want to put some earmuffs on for the next 30 seconds. Um, He then took a knife from their kitchen and stabbed Joan and her two daughters. He bit Joan and Jennifer several times he used a bar stool to crush melissa's skull oh shit i'm crying sorry it's yeah during the struggle he cut his hand this will play in later so remember that and that is all i'm going to say about the murder because just can't i I don't want to Mm -hmm. i'm gonna keep it just like that and i feel like that's enough So, anyways, that's why I say you start uh, feeling a lot less and less uh, bad for him. Because you shouldn't, you can't do that. Um, We cover quite a bit of child um, death on this podcast. And I think that as heartbreaking as it is, it's also very much so worth bringing attention to. Because, just like in the case of April Tinsley... Sometimes these victims go forgotten and yeah. these, these children are, they, they are defenseless, you know, and it, it's, it's a very hard thing for Amanda and I to cover because she and I are both moms, you know, but, you know, at the same time, it is something that's important and you know, somebody's got to cover it. Somebody's got to bring attention to that 
So. Yeah, it's got to stop. It's it's got to stop. I mean, kids kids can be. I'm not gonna lie. Kids can be little assholes. Okay, but there's absolutely no reason to. And I'm not saying that these kids did anything at all. No. No. But asshole or not, there's no reason. There's just no fucking reason. They can be. They can be. They can be trained and taught to be different. You know, homicide is not going to do anything but make everything worse. So, yeah. Sorry, off the subject. No, you're good. So after uh, after that, the FBI were was called in. Mm -hmm. I want to say obviously. And they linked the two murderers and decided this could be a serial killer. So, once they did that, their, uh, the profile that they were kind of looking at was a white male. Okay. Um, just because that's the most common serial killer. Right. It definitely is. The white male. Yeah. And they said just with the way that these were done, I don't know how they profile, but I mean, I watch Criminal Minds like no other business, but I'm not usually. Usually, um, I I learned a weird thing. Um, Serial killers usually are white males between the 30s and 50s, and they are usually diagnosed with like a narcissistic or sociopathic type of disorder. So, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, the median age for a serial killer is around the age of 37. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I remember. So You're uh, about right. Yeah, when they were like describing this kind of stuff, I kind of looked at my husband. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, Nate, you're not going to you're not going to go Chris Watts on on us, are you? Oh god. And it kind of scared me because the way he looked at me was like, oh, God. But then he was like, who's Chris Watts? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. So. <laughs> Never mind, honey. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you worry about it. Just don't go Chris Watts on, on this. <laughs> so. All right. So, anyways, on September 5th, 1989, mm-hmm. two officers saw... Craig Price walking down the street and noticed that he had a bandage wrapped around his hand. Okay. They weren't really looking for somebody who looked like Craig Price. Right. I mean, this was a 15-year-old boy. Right. But they noticed the bandage around his hand, and so they say they stopped him, Mm -hmm. asked him what happened. I do want to say before I keep going... He probably looked like an adult. Craig Price was a very big man. At big man child. At fifteen, he was five ten and close to three hundred pounds. Jesus. Okay. So, I mean, they probably didn't realize he was a fifteen-year-old boy either. So, right. Let's get real. So they were probably just really curious, like, why is this dude walking? This full-grown adult, as they thought. Walking around with a bandage around his fist. It's a little suspicious. And they're looking for somebody with a cut on their hand. Right. They know this. So they see this bandage around his hand and they're like, hey, let's stop him. Let's just ask him. What does right. it hurt? Mm-hmm. So 
they uh Craig told him that he had cut his hand while breaking into a car the other night when he was drunk. Okay. Man. What? I, it's better than murder, I guess. Right, but I mean that was his excuse. He broke into a car while drunk the other night. And that's how he cut his hand. Meanwhile, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I was slicing carrots at home. Right? I cut my hand. Oops. Well, sorry about that. Breaking into a car while drunk at least sounds more believable. Okay. <laughs> okay, Gregory. Whatever. So, the officers um, got his information and then they went, they let him go. And then they went by the street that he mentioned and found no broken glass, any sight of break-ins. So they searched their records and found no reports about a car break-in on the street that he said. So obviously they're a lot more suspicious about him now. Right. They went to his house and they brought him in for questioning. His parents backed the police the entire time. They told Craig that he needed to tell them the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. They gave him a lie detector test, which he failed miserably. So off of that, they were able to obtain a search warrant. And with that, they quickly found his body, bloody clothes in the attic. And they also found murder weapons in the family's back garden shed. Oh, good. So he's a smart one. Yeah. He was uh, a smart. A liar's lament. There you go. Mm. So he was uh, interrogated and he very quickly confessed to not only the Heaton murders, but also uh, Becky's murder. Okay. Um, he had no remorse whatsoever. He was even mimicking the sounds that the girls were making while dying. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I want to punch this guy in his fucking I head. told you. You feel bad for him kind of at the beginning of the I, story. I feel and bad. Then... I feel bad for his past. I don't feel bad for his murdering. Uh-uh. There's something wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> He's got a kind of a crazy um, after confession story. Okay. It's going to take us a little bit to get through as well. Okay. And then we will be done with this story and put it in the past and try to forget about Craig Price. Okay. (laughs) So, because of his age at 15, Mm -hmm. Price could not face trial or be in prison in accordance with Rhode Island law. Wow. So, he was sent to a juvenile correctional institute called the Rhode Island Training School. He was placed in the school's maximum security wing where but he hold remained. Hold on, they did not years. try this this man child as an adult. No. That's the... right. So Mm-mm. this is why this is gonna take us a little bit. Okay. Alright. So All right. they're smart, they got around it. Okay, good. Good. Well, <laughs> He, he didn't help himself either. Let's just put oh, it that yeah. way. Okay. So he was placed in the school's maximum security wing where he remained for five years. That is the maximum they can hold him for the murders. 
Okay. The victim's families and numerous of citizens were enraged about this, obviously. Good. I mean, who wouldn't be? Right. But during his five years in the institution, he refused to discuss the murders anymore and refused treatment and therapy. But he did have good behavior. Good. So therefore, the institution gave him special treatments. Like counseling other residents in the facility, and he would perform minor security duties. So he cha- he became a changed man, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't like that answer. This treatment sparked even more outrage by the public, mm-hmm. sparking a campaign to stop his release. Okay. Headed by the assistant attorney general, mm-hmm. the police captain, and Joan's mother and sister. Their efforts eventually led to the passage of a bill that gave the Attorney General's office the power to commit a mentally ill person to a mental health institution if he or she posed a threat to society. Okay. This even got President Bill Clinton's attention at the time. Oh, good. Good. So, on October 3rd, 1994, Mm -hmm. Craig was sent to trial for simple assault and extortion after he threatened the life of a correctional officer. What a fucking idiot. During the cross-examination by the prosecution, he he started to throw a fit and totally rage, causing the end of the trial, and he received 15 years in prison for it. In 1994? Yep. He received, he received 15 years in prison, so that's 2004. So he was out in 2009? Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm working on my math skills. I just decided... Keep, keep a running list. Okay, so this is 2009, where he was supposed to get out. Okay. All right. So, in February 1996... Mm-hmm. This is two years after Craig was involved in a fight with another inmate in which he bit a guard when he was separating the inmates. Okay, what the fuck is this guy's deal with biting people? Is he hungry? I think that's pretty common. Is he hungry? I think he's hungry. I mean, have you seen the man? I mean, I don't want to diss him because you said he was how tall? 5'10". And almost 300 pounds? I'm yeah. 5'11 and almost 300. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> hey, all over the air. Yeah, I'm a bigger. Do you I'm bite bigger. people? I mean, during <laughs> sex. But like, <clears throat> that doesn't mean I'm hungry. It means I'm the other H word. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyways, we don't bite people. <laughs> Craig I Price had, bites I, people. Apparently. I had I had to put that in there, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry that you guys had to imagine my fat ass <laughs> biting people during sexy time. Trying to kill me tonight? Yes, I am, but in the good way. Listen, <laughs> die of just, laughter. Just a real, just a real quick, you know, aside. Listen, it's been we're we're kind of recording our episodes a little bit ahead of time, and I'm, I'll make this very quick. Don't worry. Um, but during all of this, um, Gabby Petito has been missing and found to be deceased. And Mm. it's been a very rough, 
very rough couple of weeks for all of us. And this is kind of a little bit of a comedic relief right now. So I'm, if it means that I need to make people smile by talking about my fat ass getting laid by my husband and (laughs) biting him because I'm feeling the other H word that does not mean hungry, but pretty damn close, then so be it. So be it. And by the way, if anybody wants to diss me for my weight, you know, that's fine. Because all you're doing is telling me what I already know. I look in the mirror every day. I see it. You know what? That's fine. I'm, I'm happy with myself. I'm pretty fine about it. I still eat my Ben and Jerry's because that makes me happy. So, I'm, f- I'm fat and happy. I'm, I'm fappy. I'm going on a diet. I'm going to go on a diet, too. <laughs> hey, we should do it together. Uh. I, I am going to go on I'm, I'm O positive so I'm going to go on the O positive diet so no I, I have you're so high and mighty because you're O positive no no I, I just I was recommended by my friend Ashley who we have um, talked about in another episode who by the hey, way Ashley. Has, yeah she has healed very very nicely and she also Yay. has modeled she has modeled our merchandise and I was like girl what do you do to lose all that weight? Because prior to my baby, I lost 83 pounds and I gained all of that fucking weight back because Anna loves her. I remember. Yeah, she lost. She loves Taco Costas. It's all Anna's fault. And <laughs> she was like, maybe you should try the blood type diet. And so I think I'm going to look into that. But let's get back to Gregory Price because we don't need to be talking about my fat ass. What's so funny? Oh, um, so Anna, I mean, Anna, I... <laughs> <laughs> Put a piece of food in my mouth, right? Amanda. Amanda's eating a Cheeto or something while I'm sitting here like... No, it's a fruit snack. Fruit spices. Yeah. Been with the Bucky's yesterday. Okay. Back to Craig Price. So, in 1996, he was involved with the fight. He bit the person. Um, Fucking asshole. Craig Price was found guilty of assault and another year was added on to his sentence. I mean, what a fucking idiot. What an idiot. Ugh. So, just because he couldn't keep his mouth to himself. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> In October 1998, Craig mm-hmm. again assaulted another officer, mm-hmm. repeated the same offense in... 99, 2001, and 2009. The fuck? This obviously got his sentence lengthened more and more over the years. What are you doing? He apparently just wanted to stay there. Oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, that might be smart. He might not have anywhere else to go. (laughs) He's just like, he's like looking at his, looking at his watch and he's like, "Eh, it's time. (laughs) So <laughs> bite somebody else. <laughs> so on April fourth of two thousand seventeen, Craig Price was accused of stabbing a fellow inmate, Joshua Davis, with a Wait. five inch homemade knife. Hold on. What? Two thousand seventeen? Yep. Almost you there. This fool could have gotten no. out. <laughs> oh my god. So, he could have gotten out in fucking 1995. What an idiot. <laughs> okay. I hope... I, Gregory. I hope you're still alive and I hope you're listening. You're a fucking dumbass. He is. 
You're a fucking dumbass. She can't get he's be, I guess he's better behind bars. That's where he just needs to stay because apparently is he this still behavior there? is not gonna change. Is he still behind bars? Yeah, we're almost there. Okay. So on January eighteenth, two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. he was sentenced for twenty five years for attempted murder. Okay, good. Plus ten years probation after that. So right now, don't quote me on this because I couldn't really find an exact date, but from my math, his release date is in about uh twenty forty four. Okay. So Trash Fingers he's he's probably not gonna make it out. I mean let's just all be candid That's- with each other. This is the weirdest fucking case I've ever. It's Why do you sad. Think I do it? It's sad, but it's the weirdest fucking. It really is. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, is there any updates on on him as of, as of now? He's still crooked. Oh no, he hasn't been anybody else so far. Any any quotes? <laughs> no quotes. I quoted a lot tonight. There's no ending quote? No, I put them all in between. I'm going to add an ending quote. You ready? Quote. Quote, I'm going to bite you! (laughs) You're making me look up a a quote now. Yeah, we got to find this quote, man. But if not, I'm going to bite you should should work. So, should we, like, name this guy as, like, some kind of, like, he's the... He has, like, a couple names. Okay. He is the... Warwick Slasher. The Warwick Slasher. Uh-huh. Shouldn't we call him the I ain't got nowhere else to go so I'm gonna stay in jail vampire? <laughs> I'm still thinking. <laughs> Fucking dipshit. Oh man. Price told detectives he took off his shoes, climbed through an open window, went into the kitchen, opened a refrigerator, and took a little swig of orange juice. Uh, what is that? He, Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? The, he told the detectives you should check the refrigerator door handles for fingerprints, too. What? what? If you could see my face right now. What? She's seen me. Then she kind of act like she didn't see me. Turned around and started to run, like towards back of her room. That way, or towards her kids. I don't know where she was going. You can just tell he's just talking about this like it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't, like these weren't people. Oh my god. What a fucking... Mm. I, yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad for the for the shit that was handed to him at a young age. I do not like who he's chosen to become. I mean, who knows if if those things did not happen to him when he was younger? Who knows? Maybe he wouldn't have ended up the way he he has. Yeah. Maybe he would have. And and to I those mean, to those of you questioning whether uh, those things happened to him or not, I'm here to tell you right now as a privileged white woman that those things did happen to him. This is the the late 70s through the 80s. Um, 
you know, progression was starting to become a thing, but people were still, and still are today, unfortunately, hella fucking racist. And because somebody is a different skin color than somebody else, that automatically makes that person a monster to people, and it's fucking bullshit. So... So to those those, those of you that are racist sympathizers, fuck off and rant. Don't be a dick. And wear deodorant. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Thank you, girl. I did it. She did it. She she did it. She's we've made a nefarious nightmare history where Amanda just said, don't be a dick. I love you, girl. (laughs) We just had a bonding moment. We literally we we literally just. I'm gonna cry. This is such a, this is such a um, milestone, Amanda. Oh, and you're growing guess up. What else? What I do have, I am going to Chicago next month for a Vampire Diaries convention. You are. No. So we're not gonna be able to record. We are. I'll okay. be back. Okay, cool. I'm just going for a few days. Okay. I'm gonna miss you. I'm so excited. I bought my she, plane ticket. I just told this chick I'm gonna miss her, and she's like, "I'm so excited." I know my mind's anything. I'm gonna miss you too. Okay, good. But I'll still. I just had to. Fish I'm not gonna it. miss our weekly date. Okay, cool. Yeah, because we want to we want to remain consistent for the listeners. Speaking of consistency, I guess we're almost done here. This is gonna be kind of a short episode. But speaking of consistency, yeah. I have a little bit of news for everybody. Um, we are still waiting on some fucking uh, iTunes re- reviews. We've still only got like the 13 or whatever. So oh, um, come on, guys. That that deadline is coming quick. I mean, here it is, September 20th at the time of recording this. So you guys need to get on it. Um, do it, do it. Another thing is um, we have a YouTube now. All of our episodes are up. <gasps> go check it out. Yeah, subscribe. Man. Yeah, go subscribe and. Also, make sure, I mean, we're trying to build our audience here. Um, we're really trying to get to that point where we can donate back to victims and their families. So, you know, like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Um, tell your friends about us. Like, we really appreciate that. Um, and then I have one more um, quick update. So, Jason Vukovic, I have written him a letter and I have finally mailed it. And I've oh, asked, good. yeah, I've asked the four questions. <laughs> that hey, I, that better than nothing. Hey, it's better than nothing. But I did ask him several other questions, and whatever he answers, I'm going to respond on air. So it's going to be a fun day. Um, but this is not my news. Um, this is actually news that was shared via, via his sister today. Um, Jason Vukovic has been funded um, for his PTSD treatment. And it was funded by none other than 1159 Media, who has True Crime Kent under their wing. <gasps> Yay! So yet another reason why we love True Crime Kent. Um, they are, that whole entire 1159 Media should definitely hire us on. I'm kidding, but um, they are very good people with huge hearts. And um, I am very, very grateful in my own mind that these people are willing to do that for Jason Vukovic. This is something that he has absolutely been needing. So if you guys happen to be listening to this for whatever reason, thank you for being amazing human beings. And that's all I got. Thank you. Do you have anything else, Amanda? 
I don't think so. I think we're good. Oh, um, I have some news on behalf of Amanda. Her pipes are getting fixed right now. My pipes are getting fixed. I'm so, in a hotel for a week, guys. Yeah, she's hoteling it up. But so. I don't even care at this point. They're getting fixed. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we bid everybody adieu. Um, yeah, do all the things. Um, and just don't be a dick. And wear deodorant. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Nefarious Nightmare. Music used in this podcast was created by Ghost Stories Incorporated. You can find their music on bandcamp.com. We do have social media. You can follow us at our Facebook page, at A Nefarious Nightmare, or you can follow our Instagram, Nefarious Nightmare Pod. If you have any stories of paranormal instances that have happened to you or ideas for true crime, please email us at a nefarious nightmare at gmail.com. Thank you very much and take care.